Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and praise the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this morning, we are going to praise you in advance for everything you are going to do during the course of this message. Not just at this time when it is preached, but over the next number of weeks, when this message is heard, that the word of the Lord will be a blessing to those who are hearing, and we pray in advance for them to receive what the Lord has. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated around the church this morning. I want us to turn to Philippians chapter 3. While you are getting there. This morning, we want to really stress one of our goals for this year is to be a praying church. As part of being a praying church, an interceding church, we need to know what we should be praying for. For those here, we know that we have the opportunity to give prayer requests. For those who are watching online, make sure you make your prayer request known to us so we can agree with the Lord for those prayers to be answered and we can praise Him in advance for what He is going to do. Who is where we need to be this morning? Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, the first line. Finally, my brethren... Rejoice in the Lord. In chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Connecting this to a song I heard as a kid. Rejoice evermore, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A few weeks ago, I was here in the church praying and seeking the Lord. And one of the things I was praying for is really a theme for what is going to happen in the days ahead. And the Lord brought... A concept to me which at first I thought, huh? But then the more I thought about it, the more I knew it was from the Lord. The concept is one of a celebration Sunday. Now when I heard the word celebrate, the first thing I thought was, celebrate what? I even began to chuckle. Then I remembered Sarah and what happened to her when she laughed. And that was the end of the laughter. 
I wasn't going to be reprimanded by the Lord. Then I began to think on the concept. Celebration Sundays. Then in thinking about this, I remembered what an older minister once said, who's now gone on to be with the Lord. If you think the word is from the Lord, ask for three verses at least to back up the concept. So at this point, it was like, Lord, I need verses to back up the concept of celebrate. So when I was sitting here thinking about this, the Lord basically said, follow the word rejoice. The word rejoice, it really means to celebrate. So when we see the word celebrate and the word rejoice, we should think of both in the same light. They have the same basic definition. So, what have we seen? Rejoice in the Lord. Celebrate in the Lord. We saw in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The word rejoice is what? Celebrate. So, celebrate in the Lord. And again, I say celebrate. Then in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice evermore. Celebrate evermore. Celebrate forever. The church needs to be a place of celebration. And the believers need to be people who celebrate Jesus. Are we together on this? Now, if you follow the word rejoice, you're going to wind up with way more than three references. It's more like 90-something. But the point was proven. The concept of celebration is in the New Testament. It is in the Old Testament. Now, I want us to really concentrate on three areas of celebration. The first we will deal with in detail today. The next two will happen more in the future as we move along. The three areas of celebration. Celebrate what the Lord is going to do. Celebrate what the Lord is doing. And celebrate what the Lord has done. Today, it is about a celebration of what the Lord is going to do. From this point forward, what God is going to do in this church, in this ministry, in our lives, in the lives of those around you. Then as we move through the next few weeks and months, it's going to be more a celebration of what God is doing right now. Along the way, we need to be celebrating every little victory that comes our way. Little, big, whatever. We need to be celebrating all 
of these things in our life. Third, we need to celebrate what God has done. This will be at the end. When we look back at this time. And we will see where we started at. And we then look back to see where we have been. And then looking at what the Lord had done and celebrating. Follow me to the book of, Gen- book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 11. While you are getting there. For near 400 years, the children of Israel had lived in Egypt. For the last number of centuries, they were in bondage to the Egyptians. They were in slavery. For generation after generation, it seemed like they would be in bondage over and over again. Their prayer Lord, deliver us from this bondage. Deliver us from this captivity in Egypt. Free us. Then the Lord, He sent Moses back to the land of Egypt. At first, when Moses said, we're going to leave, the Lord is going to free us, the people celebrated Then Pharaoh doubled the workload on the children of Israel. And all of a sudden their joy was gone. And Moses began to face adversity like never before. But the Lord told Moses to press on and continue. Now I want us to look at this from the point of view of the children of Israel. When Moses first went into Pharaoh... And told him about the first plague. The children of Israel, they were thinking, okay, maybe this will work. Then the first plague came. The Egyptians were affected. The children of Israel were not. Keep in mind what it says in Psalm 91. The plague will not affect us. That is what happened to the children of Israel. But they also noticed they were still in Egyptian bondage. Then they saw plague 2 through 9. The Egyptians were the one affected. The Israelites were the ones not affected. The plague and the devourer had no say over them. But they were still in Egyptian bondage. But by watching these nine plagues and how it did not affect them. Get what we're saying. It didn't affect them. It begins to build something inside of them that wasn't there before. A teeny bit of faith that maybe their God will protect them. Chapter 11. The Lord begins to deal with Moses regarding what's going to be the final plague. How the Lord would pass through the land of Egypt and all the first 
born in Egypt would die. For the children of Israel, up to this point, they had not been asked to do anything. Now, they were going to be asked on the first day of what would be the first month of their calendar to take a lamb and separate it. Then on the night of the Passover, the evening of the Passover, they were to kill the lamb, take the blood, apply it over the doorpost of their house, and then roast the lamb and have a celebration. Keep in mind, the first Passover is unique from every Passover that has been held ever since. The rest of the Passovers look back at the first Passover. The first Passover, nothing's happened yet. So what do we have? The Israelites being told to put the blood over the doorpost. Then... And one of the more curious moves, they take the lamb, they roast the lamb, and each individual house has a celebration. The celebration happens before the Lord passes through Egypt that night. The people, they're packed, they're ready to go. But they're still celebrating because God wants them to do so. Why? Because they are celebrating what the Lord was about to do. For them, this is their praise before their breakthrough moment. They are there celebrating what is about to happen. Their deliverance from Egyptian bondage. Get what we're saying. There is a praise before the breakthrough. There is a praise before anything happens. And that's what's happening with the children of Israel. Even as the night goes on and the lamb is eaten, while they are under the blood of the doorposts of their houses, the Lord is passing through the land of Egypt. And once again, the plague does not affect the children of Israel. Why? They're under the blood. If there's ever a reason for Israel to celebrate, they are under the blood of the Lamb. If there's ever a reason for us to celebrate in the here and now, we are under the blood of the Lamb. Can I get a shout of praise in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Many of us know what happens next. The children of Israel, they are delivered. Pharaoh says, Get out of this country. I never want to see you again. What happens? The children of Israel, they take everything that's already packed and they begin to leave. And what are they experiencing this time? Some, the smile. Yes, after my entire lifetime, we're free. Some, Tears of joy. 
some celebration of awe and shock. All of them were experiencing some type of celebration, some type of rejoice. Why? All the years of bondage, the ones that many thought would never come, had come and they were walking out of Egypt. Let's call this the celebration of what the Lord is doing. For the children of Israel at this moment, this is what the Lord is doing. He is delivering them literally out of the hand of the Egyptian. So we see what? The deliverance from Egypt. The two first ones was what? What the Lord will do. The second, what the Lord is doing. They are following the pillar of smoke, the pillar of fire, wherever the Lord is leading them. What they didn't realize was that the Egyptians would shortly begin to follow them so they could drag them right back into Egyptian bondage. And what they didn't realize, that they were being led into a situation that would try their faith. Let's call this the Red Sea moment. The children of Israel, they are pinned between the Red Sea and the mightiest army of the world at that point. The only thing holding back the Egyptians is the pillar of fire that's behind the Israelites, but in front of the Egyptians. And what happens? The faith of the children of Israel, it's being tested. They quickly have lost sight of the praise before the breakthrough. And they have lost sight of the praise during the breakthrough. At this point, it's only we're doomed. We're dead. Let me tell you something. In the midst of a breakthrough, yes, there will be a praise before. And there will be a praise during. But the enemy is not going to allow that breakthrough to happen without a fight and without a struggle. He will not go quietly into the night. It's in those moments we need to remember the praise before the breakthrough and the praise during the breakthrough that the Lord will finish the breakthrough, that He will bring us to the victory that He has called us to. It's in that moment that the Lord told Moses to raise his staff and put it over the river, excuse me, the sea. And what happens? The water splits in half. The children of Israel cross over on dry land. The Egyptians, they storm into the middle of the sea only for the water to crush them to death and they drown and they die. Then what do we see? 
once the children of Israel are over safe and out of Egypt, I will sing unto the Lord, for He hath triumphed victoriously. The horse and the rider fell into the sea. What do we see? The praise after the breakthrough. The victory being won. What was the Passover? It was the praise before the breakthrough. Then what happens? The praise during the breakthrough. Now, the praise after the breakthrough. You see, there's praise all through this. On the Passover, the children of Israel. What the Lord is going to do. In the desert and through the sea. What the Lord is doing. On the other side of the sea. What the Lord has done. The praise of the Lord in all those areas. Are we still here? Let's go New Testament on in. We know... Then in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus begins to tell his disciples that he will be going to Jerusalem, that he will be put to death, and that God will raise him on the third day. And a few more times after that account, Jesus pulls his disciples aside and he begins to explain to them clearly that he will be going to Jerusalem. He will be tried. He will be crucified. But on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. In these teaching times, the disciples and the followers of Jesus heard what he was saying, but went right over their heads. They did not understand what Jesus was saying. Now let's start to focus on what would be what we now call Holy Week. Let me throw this question. What's the beginning of Holy Week on our calendar? This year, if memory serves me right, Easter is the 31st of March. But the beginning of Holy Week is usually a week before what we now call Palm Sunday. What was the first Event in what we now call Holy Week. It was the followers of Jesus taking the palm branches and lining the streets, singing, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus riding into Jerusalem to the cheers of of his followers. The Pharisees, the scribes, the priests, keep them quiet. 
What did Jesus say? If I did that, the rocks would cry out. What do we see at the beginning of Holy Week? We see the praise before the ultimate breakthrough. Granted, only Jesus knew what was going on. But the followers, they knew something big was about to happen. That's why they were lying in the streets. Jesus, he knows, however, that this is the beginning of what's going to be the redemption of everyone who is lining the streets singing Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yes, there is a praise before the breakthrough. Even if we look at Holy Week, the first few days, there were many signs and wonders and miracles performed by Jesus. So you could say that the disciples, they were having a good week. They saw so much and they heard so much teaching from Jesus. It was a wonderful time. Then Jesus told a few of his disciples the specific directions on how to find a place where the Passover would be celebrated. And after every prophecy had come true regarding this, they go into this already furnished room. And there Jesus celebrates what we call the Last Supper. Again, we're still in a celebration mode. Even before Jesus goes to the cross, he celebrates this last Passover with his followers. There's a praise before and there's a praise during. What the disciples did not realize was that their world was about to be turned upside down. Because Jesus, when he went out to pray, they never thought that he could be arrested, even though Jesus had been basically saying this for a while. But then the guards came. Jesus was arrested. The disciples, as Jesus said, they scattered. From their point of view, their world was coming to an end. They had invested so much into Jesus. Even now to the point, they don't remember what happened. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem and when they were screaming, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Nor do they remember the events of the Lord's Supper, the Passover that was celebrated. Oh yeah, it was one thing to celebrate what the Lord is doing and what the Lord will do. But when the going got tough, they ran. But what they don't realize is Jesus is doing the work to make their breakthrough possible. 
He goes to the cross. He sheds His blood. It is vitally important for the blood to be shed. When we look back at Passover, there was no breakthrough without the blood. There was no deliverance without the blood. And there was no celebration afterward without the blood. The blood that was being shed by Jesus, it was for the redemption of their lives and the forgiveness of our sins. Yet the disciples, you can say this is their Red Sea moment. They don't know what's going to happen. All they know is that Jesus is dead and he got buried. But then came the beginning of the praise after the breakthrough. It started when they began to hear that God raised Jesus from the dead. At first they wouldn't believe it. Mary Magdalene, she was talking to the gardener. Or at least she thought he was the gardener. Take me to him. I'll bury him. But then what? Jesus said, Rabbana. He told Mary Magdalene who he was. It was revealed. And what happens? The first celebration of the resurrection. Mary celebrating. Yes. Then she runs and tells the disciples, Jesus, he's on the road to Emmaus. He's talking to two men who don't know who he is. Jesus asked them what happened. The two men. You mean you don't know what happened? And then they tell Jesus the whole story. Then they invite Jesus, not knowing who he is, to stay with them and break bread with them. And what happens? When this is happening... Jesus is revealed to them. And what? Their praise after the breakthrough. The praise of the resurrected Jesus. Then they rush to Jerusalem. Then what happens? Jesus appears there. At first, they don't believe. But what happens once they realize that God had raised Jesus from the dead? Their praise after their breakthrough. Thomas wasn't there. The disciples told him that God raised Jesus from the dead and he was there. What did Thomas say? Unless I see this and this, I won't believe. But what happened one week later? His praise after the breakthrough. Because he realized that God had raised Jesus from the dead. You see, these men, they saw the praise before the breakthrough. They were experiencing the praise during the breakthrough. And they really celebrated when it was the praise after the breakthrough. Are we still here? 
the concept is developing itself. Let me add one more before I get to the present time. Let's talk about the church. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, what happens? Jesus ascends back to the Father. He told them to go to Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father, that they would be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then they would become witnesses of Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So they do so. And for the next ten days, they are in this room seeking the Lord. Then what happens on the day of Pentecost? The mighty rushing wind. The tongues of fire. Let's call this the praise before the breakthrough. Because they receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And it sets the stage for what's going to happen. The praise during the breakthrough. The salvation of so many. You see, in church history... We look at that original day of Pentecost. That is the praise before the breakthrough. And in the nearly 2,000 years since, the church has been a celebrating church, rejoicing over what God has done through the last two millennium of ministry. Now, has it all been easy? Absolutely not. All you got to do is read a book like Fox's Book of Martyrs. Jesus freaks by the bandits he taught. And there you read about the stories of many a believer who paid the ultimate price for their faith. No, it has not been an easy path. But along this path, we have seen what? The praise during the breakthrough. The building of the church. Not just the local church. But the church universal. The body of Christ. Now we, as the end time church... The church before the coming of the Lord. What are we seeing? We are going to be experiencing the last of the praise during the breakthrough. And we will be part of the praise after the breakthrough. When we are caught up to be with Jesus. You see, when we look from ascension to rapture, we see all the levels of praise. Before, during, and we will see after. And we will celebrate being in the presence of the Lord. So yes, even in the church, 
there is the concept of praise before, praise during, and praise after. Are we still here this morning? Let's bring this into the present time. When I say our theme is to rejoice or to celebrate, many look at the situation in the world and they see nothing to celebrate about. They look at the situation in the nation and they see nothing to celebrate about. They look at the situation in their region, in their communities, and they see nothing to celebrate about. They begin to look at their own lives, about the financial difficulties, about how they are nearly unable to meet their needs. How the health is being affected, not just their own, but the health in their family. They look at their job situation and they see a disaster. They look at every aspect of their life. And if you ask them, is there anything to celebrate about? They would answer, no. And let's be honest for a second. Each and every one of us, at this point, looking into the future, it looks dark, it looks scary, it looks like there is no way out. That's what it looks like. Let's even mention the spiritual. Because the devil and his forces, they are there to make the darkness darker. They are there in the spiritual realm to make your life spiritually as miserable as possible. That's the devil. That's his tactics. Yet here we are. We know what the Lord has called us to do. We know what the Lord has called us to do as a church, as individuals. And for those who are believers, in your personal life, in your private life, in your professional life as well. This is the beginning of the journey to the victory. To get to the point where we can celebrate what the Lord has done. Now, I'm not going to say it's an easy path. I'm not going to say it's going to be without work and prayer and tears, because there usually is in a long journey. We read in the 23rd Psalm, it starts with what? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it's that beautiful pastoral scene. And we see that scene at the end where we're at that table in the presence of our enemy. But we would like to skip that part of, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Even there, 
we see the praise before, the praise during, and the praise after. During the praise during, the Holy Spirit will lead us through to victory. We don't know the path on our own. But the Holy Spirit will lead us to victory because Jesus will use the rod and the staff of the Spirit to comfort or help us through those difficult times and bring us to victory. And we will celebrate when everything is done, when we're in the presence of the Lord. But right now, where are we? We're in the part. We're about to start the journey. Start the road to victory. And what have we been called to do? We have been called to celebrate the victory that the Lord has given us in advance. This morning, each and every one of you, I want you, first in your mind and when you get home, I want you to write down what you want the Lord to do in your life, in the church, in your family, in all your needs. And then, I want us to begin to do something as an act of faith that seems against all logic. And that is to lift up our hands and to praise the Lord over what He will be doing. Praise before the breakthrough. As I said, for some, it doesn't make sense. Why should I celebrate now? This is a time I'd rather not be in. But guess what? You're not going to be there. You're going to walk out of that valley lifting your hands and praise the Lord. But it begins right now lifting your hands and praise the Lord. Because He has given us the victory. And that victory begins right now with our hands in the air praising the Lord over what He has done. As I said, I want you to make that list. And I want you... To begin to praise every day that the Lord has given you that victory. And then when those things change from praise before to praise during, as in the Lord has done some of these things, you are to praise the Lord over that until every single one is met then. We can praise the Lord that all the needs are met. Let's talk about the church as we wrap up this morning. We know what God wants and what we have been called to do. And today, it's the beginning of a long journey. Okay, maybe not that long, but still a journey. From where we are, the praise before the breakthrough, to the inevitable celebration we will have at the end, 
to praise after the breakthrough. Yes, there will be more celebration Sundays. Going forward, the first group will be praise during the breakthrough. But our goal is where the Spirit is leading us. Praise after the breakthrough. Today, we stand as a church, together, united. And I want you to look about what you're seeing today. Every one of you. And now I want you to start believing for what you know God is about to do. And I want you to lift your hands and cry out loud that the Lord has done this. Lift up your hands and praise the Lord. Let's stand across the church this morning. Hallelujah. 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 This is the altar service. Just for us.